0: For the last couple of decades, we heard a lot about artificial intelligence, about clever robots and smart algorithms. But you might not have heard about artificial stupidity, which is the exact opposite. In this episode, I talk about this phenomenon with Joanna Hafsfried, who is an engineering manager at Shipstead Machine Learning Team. Joanna Hafsfried, welcome to Shipstead Talks.
1: Hey, nice to meet you.
0: There's a lot of talk about artificial intelligence and, you know, smart robots and uh, things like that. But today we're going to talk about something slightly different, artificial stupidity, or maybe the opposite. Can you explain what that is?
1: Artificial stupidity, it's mostly used in a humorous term in opposition to artificial intelligence. And it's pretty much to make fun of uh, this technology when it completely falls apart and doesn't do what we want it to do. Sometimes in literature, you do uh, see this expression also when you intentionally introduce errors into tech, and sometimes that makes sense.
0: Why do you do that? Does humans then intentionally making bots stupid or dumber? Why do you do that?
1: Yeah, yeah. you do them to be more similar to us. Well, we just started this conversation, but I'm pretty sure we're going to make several grammatical errors, expression errors, who knows. And if I would have been a perfect bot, um, I would have spoken in perfect tempo, perfect grammar constantly. And probably you would feel very uncanny and awkward for you. So smarter bots try to mimic us by having errors um, controlled, introduced into their, uh, into their talk. So for example, Siri, you will notice she has a lot of ums and aha and very human-like uh, pauses in her speech.
0: And that's something that we put in there to make her more human.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Could you give me examples of, of artificial stupidity, what that can be?
1: Pretty much at every point where a human intervenes, that's an opportunity to make it stupid. Yeah, There is a chain of thought that, oh, uh, a programmer does not code this uh, algorithm, but rather we rely on data. So therefore, it should be more ethical and better. Well, there's a fallacy because we have generated the data and just captures all the biases and all our bad intentions in it. So... It doesn't matter who actually does the training. You also see artificial stupidity results when we jump to the state-of-the-art, the, the shinest and brightest new algorithm, but we put it in a framework that's very old and rusty and doesn't really support it. It's, it's pretty much like getting a Ferrari engine and putting it in a very old car. Yeah. It won't go as fast as a Ferrari. You need a lot of infrastructure to support this technology.
0: You work with the machine learning team within Shipstead. What are you doing uh, right now? What are you working on right now?
1: So our main focus at the moment is natural language processing, understanding language-generated content, especially in the Nordic languages, Norwegian and Swedish, because they are lacking a bit behind compared to English or Spanish or Chinese, as you can imagine in terms of uh, technology. And we focus on this because Shipstead generates a lot of content Textual, video, uh, audio, different shapes of uh, content, and understanding this and really unpacking it can is the potential for many new features, like contextual yeah. advertising, for example.
0: What's the contextual advertising? Explain to me what that is.
1: So this is our f- current project we're working on, and it's an alternative to more traditional user-focused advertising, where um, we're trying to track you, figure what you want, figure out all about you, and. Especially due to recent regulation, that's becoming harder and harder to do for the better, I would say. So contextual advertising doesn't care about the user identity, but intent. So you place an ad in the right article that makes most sense contextually. So if you have an ad uh, selling skis, it makes sense to be an article talking about ski slopes in Norway. It doesn't really matter who reads the article because as long as you open and you're reading an article about ski slopes, you're probably into skiing and it's a more cleaner and easier way to advertise in the current ecosystem.
0: So in an ethical uh, perspective, sounds better as well, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. You you don't uh, run into any user privacy concerns or um, identity concerns.
0: We humans say that machines are pretty smart, but they can't grasp emotions or, mm. or ethics. Will they ever be?
1: Well, I don't think we as humans are very good at that either to begin with. <laughs> um, ah. So I think we can't really align on what uh, is moral or immoral or where ethics are. And there's a lot of conversation happening between us to agree on that. So I think part of the difficulty there is not necessarily technical, but more philosophical and what is ethical to do or not do with this technology. But there are very interesting progresses, especially in the um, automated uh, driving um, environment. So Germany has created an ethics commission, And they are demanding certain ethical rules to be coded in any autonomous cars in Germany. I think the furthest in terms of um, regulating this type of devices and, for example, one rule they have is that a car cannot make a decision based on the appearance of pedestrians.
0: So it can choose between a child and an old man, you know, if it has to kill one. Exactly. If
1: it cannot avoid a collision with two pedestrians, the car cannot choose based on how they appear. If they're a man or a woman, different uh, ethnicity or different ages. And actually the age one has caused most, most debate.
0: Shouldn't they go for the old guy then?
1: Some say it should, and you should maximize potential years of living. Uh, It's a common triage uh, ethics rule as well, but... Apparently, this commission in Germany decided otherwise. Mm. So I think it's really positive that these discussions are actually happening and somebody's actually thinking about it.
0: In which areas do, does artificial intelligence shine, and in which areas is it far behind?
1: Artificial intelligence uh, really, really outshines us in a type of problems that have. Finite and clear rules and clear goal. It can very easily surpass us and when you have good data. So one field like that is uh, pattern recognition, image recognition in particularly. AI is way better than us and it has replaced a lot of um, or aided a lot of uh, human jobs with it. So, for example, in um, X-ray scans... AI, it's way better than doctors to identify early cancers, for example. So now many, many hospitals are using such technology to aid them.
0: How many are you in your uh, uh, machine learning team within Shipstead?
1: So we are currently six people, data scientists and engineers.
0: Say that I have a, this great idea that, that I want you to help me with within, for say, Svenska in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I go about um, getting your help?
1: Yeah, fantastic. Well, you either go straight to our Slack channel, uh, machine learning channel, either to me, either to my uh, product manager, Ludwig. We'll first try to understand what your problem is. Try to see if it is an AI problem or not. Maybe your problem starts way, way early and you need some other technology. You have a good case uh, for us to take on, especially if we can apply the solution to other uh, brands in news media, for example. Mm -hmm. So if you can share it, then we're very likely to take it. Like a project we are um, handing over now and it's being released, the print prediction which we built for Aftonbladet, where we tried to predict how many physical newspapers will be sold in each uh, vendor in Sweden mm-hmm. to reduce cost of printing uh, and uh, waste. And uh, this is the type of project that now we want to lend to others very easily. So those type of projects are going to be quite high up on our list.
0: You're only six people in a machine learning team in a big company like Shipstead, very business-driven. Uh, is that enough?
1: Yes and no. <laughs> There's a bit two different chains of thought. On one hand, um, we do believe that this technology should be adopted locally where it's needed. So if you have a brand that wants to really harness this technology, you probably should invest in it yourself. There is also a very strong case for a central group like us to enable and help the brands get up to speed on this technology. But I don't think the effort should be in only one of the cases now.
0: On the note of artificial stupidity, this is actually a re-recording of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, You and me talked about a week ago, and then somehow the recording was lost on my side, and I blame the machine, which brings me into this question. When machines are stupid... Is it always the humans that program that that are to blame?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So machine learning does exactly what the name implies. Scientists tend to be very explicit like that. It learns and it solves a problem we tell it to solve. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of risk on how do you ask the question? How do you pose the problem? Because the machine cannot decide if that's good or bad ethical or not if it's achievable you it will do exactly what it tells you to do so if you give it a certain amount of data it will consume the data so this reminds me of many attempts for example to build a more ethical and faster recruiter many companies have tried this amazon had a recruiter at some point and they all started with the current recruiting data of profiles and hiring and so on and they just end up with a way worse recruiter because you just accumulated all the biases, all the racism, sexism that you tend to see in recruiters overall. So that didn't work very well.
0: So when you talk about, you know, sometimes uh, uh, artificial intelligence can reach human level, maybe that's not something they should aim for at, at, at all.
1: No, it is inevitable. An interesting thought around that is that when machine learning gets to our level of intelligence, uh, it would linger at that stage for a millisecond and then just keep going and reinvent itself at an increasing yeah. rate. Because
0: and leave us behind.
1: Exactly. And we will be left behind very, very fast at that point.
0: But you don't seem sad of, of that fact.
1: Um, I don't seem sad. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit... Um, I'm accepting the fact that it will happen. <laughs> Yeah. It's a matter of time. And I think we should rather think of how to do it in a better way than in a worse way. And who gets to do it? And not so much try to suppress it because I, I think it's a You and your lost team game. get to do it. Yes, we are doing it. We're trying to approach it in a very um, sustainable way. Um, actually, ShipStat is putting a lot of emphasis. And you will see it in a AI strategy that's going to be released soon. We're putting a lot of emphasis on responsible AI and ethical AI and how... W- what do, do you mean do by
0: sustainable? Is that, that that it's responsible regarding to privacy and stuff like yeah, that? Or? S-
1: sustainable in terms of the environment, sustainable in terms of what we actually um, do with it so from any perspective.
0: Thank you so much, Joanna.
1: Yeah, thank you very much.
0: This podcast was brought to you by Chipset employee branding team. My name is Hugo Rienberg. Producer was Jens Back.